King Kong ain't got shit on us. Training day and season three of Haven't Seen It coming up next. Haven't Seen It with Tim Sestita and Tommy Tevening. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. Happy New Year's to all of you. Uh, I am excited to bring the podcast back for a third season with my forever co-host, Tommy Tevene. Tommy, what up? how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Just watched how... a dope movie. Yeah, we just watched a pretty cool movie. Um, I know we were kind of floating around stuff to do in January, but Tommy, explain to me the conversation we had uh, probably a year ago at this point with your relationship to Denzel Washington. Yeah, so like I have almost no relation with Denzel Washington. I mean, like no nothing against him. I don't hate the guy or anything, but um, I was looking through his filmography um, right before we started um, or while well, um, I was watching a movie, and I'm pretty sure this is only my third movie of his I've seen. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so only three movies. Like, um, what are the other and, two? And, and, and to be honest, one of them, one of them is respect. One is a good movie, I think. Uh, Unstoppable. Um, okay, yeah, we yeah. we watched that together. That's a great. That's a good one with Tony. Scott. Yeah, that's a really solid movie. Um, and then the other one for me was the remake of the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So less less defensible right there. <laughs> Slightly less defensible on this one. Yeah, this feels like your first true Denzel performance. Um, you know, you got Man on Fire, um, American Gangster, and even if you want to go more lighthearted, like I love him and remember the Titans. The, the guy is just such an icon. So we'll dive We, we, could, we, we could do, do a whole Denzel, Denzel month. month. We could do yeah. Denzel month. I'm down to pivot. Although I, I do kind of want to do Heat and it's on Netflix right now. So that does help. Well, this is on Netflix too, which uh, I know oh, it yeah. also helps. Uh, <laughs> corporate synergy, <laughs> cor- cor- corporate synergy. Jack Donaghy would be proud. Uh, so, Tommy, to kick off the new year, as always, give me some of the movies you watched throughout the holiday season. Maybe one in special that that stood out to you. Um, so, I guess recently, um, I watched uh, some bar in New Haven did a screening of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, the nineteen sixties movie. Um, with Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. And I'm usually one that like, I've said this before on the pod. I don't really like sometimes like older movies. Cause like, you know, the it's a static acting or static, like filmography, you know, they're still it's, learning the art. I wouldn't call much. the acting static in a lot of older movies. I would call it like the filmography. Cause that, and, this, and, it's not really a sixties no, problem, but like in the forties and stuff, the camera, that camera is planted. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the acting sometimes is a little like too theatrical, obviously, uh, back in the day, I feel like, for me. Uh, but this movie was incredible. I'd never seen it before. Um, it was just amazing to see two like Titans in their later years just go at each other. You can feel the animosity on the screen. It's a movie that's notorious for the two stars hating each other on set, and you can feel it. And just the uh, cinematography was amazing. All the different like camera angles and directing in general just wowed me. So definitely recommend that, uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Crazy movie. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. Um, I guess I should save Ferrari for our heat episode. 
because I, I did see Ferrari in theaters yeah. uh, with my dad. So nice. I'll say that's a, that's a dad movie. <laughs> it's oh, I went to the theater. It, it was it was like a Thursday at seven thirty. I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised, like looking up tickets like five minutes beforehand. Um, like, like not like half an hour beforehand. I'm like, oh, this is like three quarters full. Cool. All yeah. right. Awesome. I was one of five people 30 or under in that, <laughs> that movie theater. It, and yeah, I don't know if there was a big gap between 30 and 60 in that movie theater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, that it's that those driving movies definitely, uh, get dad out of the, out of the house, go to the theater. I mean, it, <laughs> So Ferrari, I'm just going to go into Ferrari because I yeah. went down this tirade. Um, yeah. Ferrari was good, not great. Mm-hmm. I mean, Adam Driver is fantastic. Um, I really like how he was portrayed. Um, I think for these CEO kind of characters, like people don't recognize, like if you, even if you think of like a Zuckerberg, uh, your modern equivalent, right? Like these guys have a ruthlessness and a dedication to their craft that mm. that like I, I think people don't always put two and two together that that's a that's a part of their personas and i think yeah. he driver really captures that power um and maybe it's something i would need to see on a rewatch the first hour not that it was bad but it just dragged was, a little bit it was dragging i, don't know, I haven't seen it. i haven't seen it. it wasn't it was dragging and i mean it's a movie called ferrari like i just want to see some sweet ferraris <laughs> go go vroom and uh they went you want to see them. Gran Turismo based on a true story. <laughs> yeah, I literally was like, I just want to go play Forza after I uh, saw the saw this movie. <laughs> and I, you know what? Second half delivers on the vroom vroom. Uh, they go fast. Things Cars happen. Fast. Um, you know, it, it's really a drama about this specific time in his life when the factory is on financial edge and his son that he had with his mistress gets discovered by his actual wife uh so it's a whole web of uh you know whole little web in in, in his personal things surrounded by cars yeah and like it just wasn't compelling enough drama for me like like it the whole naming thing or it wasn't at least portrayed that way to me in a like the, the stakes just weren't high enough for me you know yeah uh, it's a little brutal. No, no, well, there was a certain part, but we'll we'll get to that. And it has its its moments, but it's all a little disjointed too. Like the different dramas that happen, and then there's a big long car race, and something happens there that's big for the company. But it's almost I, like documenting like this this like strange period in his life, like a very limited look into it. Which I did appreciate more so compared to like Napoleon, which tried to cover the whole shebang. Well, I don't know. Something in biopics that just kind of is annoying sometimes, where it's just like they go through every single nook and cranny of the fucking artist. Yeah, and then you don't. Epic of Sport Me, like you get the walk hard version, which essentially that has killed it for me. Instead, I think biopics are more interesting nowadays when it just focuses on like like one one snippet of their life. It was cool. I I think, you know, I, I just think personally that drama just it didn't get through to me the way it did um maybe it was like the connection between the son it was about like him having his mother's name as his last name or having ferrari as his last name like that was like the stakes of the drama and like i just 
I don't know. We saw the kid for five minutes. He just wanted, he wanted an autograph. Like, you know, it wasn't like there's one scene of them really interacting. It was good. Like I, I enjoyed it. I would say, go see it in a theater. Like the racing is really cool. Um, I just think it's a little disjointed, you know, it's not Michael Mann at his best, but it's a fun movie overall. And speaking of a fun movie, it's a good way to interesting way to put it. <laughs> This is a <laughs> great transition. <laughs> great transition. This is training day. I'm the police. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. The critics are raving about America's number one movie, Training Day. Time Magazine says Denzel Washington gives a hot wired performance. Rolling Stone calls Training Day knockout action entertainment. Denzel Washington is flat out great. The performance of the year, says the Wall Street Journal. The New York Times guarantees him an Oscar nomination. This is a great film. <laughs> Training Day, rated R, now playing. I did like the one part of that trailer of um, <laughs> Denzel's guaranteed an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed an Oscar nomination. They never guarantee you an Oscar, but they guarantee you a nomination. Um, so for those who don't know, Training Day is a 2001 American crime thriller filmed and directed by Antoine Fuqua. And it follows Denzel Washington as Alonzo Harris and Ethan Hawke as Jake Hoyt two LAPD narcotic officers over a 24-hour period in the gang-ridden neighborhoods of West Lake Echo Park in South Central Los Angeles. Um, Ethan Hawke is Jake Hoyt. He's the rookie, new to the force, and Alonzo Harris is the veteran. And I know that there's some truth behind this movie in terms of what was actually happening with the LAPD, but first, Tommy, and as we prefaced earlier, you... The you're this is like I feel like your first like true Denzel. I really pop like, my like car right carrying the carrying the film kind of performance. Yeah, and I mean that he, is no disrespect to Ethan Hawke because he was also great in this, but this is a Denzel vehicle. This is yeah, you can see why Denzel is obviously known as like the greatest actor of all time in this. He's just fucking firing all cylinders. This is a movie that like. Well, I've never seen. I've had the pop culture uh, pop culture osmosis of this because uh, of the fucking Wayne Brady sketch on Dave Chappelle uh, the Chappelle show. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm watching this movie, when I see like the you just smoke PCP, I'm expecting literally just like Wayne Brady saying like angel dust, motherfucker. But still, despite the parody, it still that seems like oh shit, Jesus Christ. Um. So the reason why uh, we're covering this movie this um this week is because David Ayers coming out with the Beekeeper this weekend. He directed it. He wrote this movie. Tim, do you have any excitement whatsoever for the Beekeeper? You ready to keep some bees? Um, I this is the first I'm hearing of the Beekeeper. David <laughs> Ayers. Yeah, the Beekeeper. It's the movie of uh fucking Jason Statham, where he's a beekeeper and he just fucking. Oh, this, uh, you know, anything Jason Statham is in is usually like a high mark of uh, quality. And any any movie that comes out in January, you know, Hollywood never releases their garbage in January. That's that's not when they do it. They only release quality films in January. Fun fact. I mean, occasionally it does happen, like a good movie. Uh, we name I get outside of the Beekeeper. Name one. What like a, a good movie that got released in January? January. No, it's 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 a month of of fuck use. Scream Five. I thought was good. Best that's... movies re released in January. I, yeah, I it's it's more. We don't need to do that, but. <laughs> uh 
so we're doing this because David Ayer directed the beekeeper and is and wrote training day. That was a connection I just heard of for the first time. Tommy, I love your research methods. There's a method behind the madness and you don't explain it to us. Um, I feel like in, you know, we've covered 80s, 70, 80 some odd movies at this point. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of the top examples of like a character's persona, like, dragging you into his perception of reality like how mm. he perceives his line in narcotics because he's a dirty cop that's what he I... is he runs in the streets he helps people get promoted within 18 months but he gets his cuts he gets his hands dirty he has no problem riding that on the other side of the line where ethan hawk who's playing jake is the new rookie and he's a little bit more by the book and we're following him learn from Denzel, like how to be a part of this and watching him face the question of like what his morals are and where is the line of those morals versus like getting a promotion. That's kind of the tension that cuts between the movie throughout. I, th I think that one of the things in the narrative structure of this movie that makes it really work well is the fact that it just takes place over 24 hours. Oh, yeah. It removes a lot of the fat. Like, we don't need the scene of him coming back from, like, a day in the force and his, like, wife being all concerned, being like, oh, like, honey, you, you seem stressed. What's going on or something like that? Like, we don't oh, I, need, gotta, like, I gotta weigh this out. Oh, my God. It's like, you should take him down or something like that. We don't need, like, because we don't need the character to have someone to bounce off like hey this is a stressful thing that's happening to me we, yeah well because then that would make basically just like break the tension a little bit make it a little bit more whereas this is just like up there as uh, now that i've seen it i think it's like one of the better one crazy night movies or one crazy day <laughs> yeah like, like 24 hour like a continuous, a continuous story versus something that takes over place over the course of multiple days weeks months um, and, and, I, and the character's on PCP for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and he's on PCP. Yeah, um, and the movie does that right away. It kind of throws you into like the questionable ethics of of Denzel as of Alonzo. Um, oh, oh, wow! When, when he's like, "You can't say no to you couldn't say no to a drug dealer on the streets." Like he's like, "Get out of my car!" He like stops traffic, puts a gun to his head. He smokes the pipe, and he's like, "Hey, you're it's a free country. No, nobody forced you to do it." It's like, "Wow, you gaslighting motherfucker." Um, I really think the interesting thing, though, because like I was doing like reading on this and it was a lot of it was on like the morals of, of Jake and like what his ethic lines, because he ultimately betrays Alonzo, who owes these Russians like a million dollars. So he set up a sting during this day to retrieve that money. Um, and like people are like, well, it was that ethical line. And I was like, it wasn't the ethical line. It was ditching him in like this random gangbanger's house and they put him in the tub with a shotgun to his head and they're ready to blow his brains out until they find their niece's wallet who he saved earlier in the day. I'm like, he felt betrayed. He, he, he like, I, I don't think, I think if that situation doesn't happen, Alonzo gets on free. Like, right. Like, I don't think there's this like moral scrupulation between the characters as it's like been presented to the audience, like through interviews and stuff like that, I felt like, I felt like now he was kind of like game because he wanted to make detective. He wanted to move his career along. Mm -hmm. um, 
and yeah was, I, and like like it was like soaking it in like we almost didn't know what he was going to do um, it, it, uh, yeah exactly it brings it brings you into just like a wild card moment where it's like you don't know if we're going from moment to moment in a moment i do want to mention out real quick just a little i typed in how long does a pcp high last to figure out how long it's last sort of the movie and google just came up with help is available speak of someone today so that's where my life is right now. I, let's not bring in your search history into this tommy that's just better for everybody <laughs> yeah but anyways no but uh you know the, the denzel being just such, such a wild card the fact that like immediately he goes from zero to 100. Like, uh, it, it's not like a gradual descent sometimes like these movies can be. Like, if this movie was taking over the course of, like, a month or something like that, it would be like, the, you'd be like a 30 minutes of him just being a nice, normal cop or something like that. Yeah. And this... Well, it, it, you get a, this sense immediately, starting <laughs> this movie off, that Alonzo, he's not by the book. And he yeah. kind of is telling you that. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, the first real quote-unquote thing is when he makes him smoke crack mm. um and doesn't help him out when he's fighting off those those uh crackheads who are trying to rape that girl right and mm. just kind of like stands and watches but you realize he does things differently but this is a whole different department like he's not wearing the cop uniform he's there to do research and and bust um bust crime so like you're kind of thinking okay like nothing really too crazy and it, it doesn't really get super crazy until the three wise men scene when they go and they meet the the wise men of the lapd like the the you know the, um, the, i'd say i'd say it gets a little bit crazy before that but I think it gets crazy like... but i'm talking about in terms of like i don't think it gets crazy in terms of like oh this is a really dirty cop until mm. the money comes out mm. Like there's the scene with Snoop Dogg in the wheelchair and they chase him down and make him throw up the crack rocks and get the name Sandman uh, as a way to of like who's distributing the things. Like so, there, so there, it's there's hard. It's this... riding earlier on. It's just riding that line, right? It's yeah. like riding that line, but you're like, eh, is ethics seem to be in a good way. Like there's a drug, the the drug dealer um, that that he has the relationship with. You're like, okay, like he throws him one for some information, right? it, it kind of goes along that that line but then once that three wise men you hear about his situation in las vegas with the russians that's when you realize oh no no he the, he's on an entirely different street altogether yeah i mean at a certain point it's just like uh like if you're ethan hawk at what point do you realize like shit <laughs> like i'm in the fucking when you smoke crack I, yeah, I think that's probably the first indication. I mean, maybe a little bit before that, where he's like fucking just uh, tells fucking um, was it before or after he goes inside the kid's house? Um, Which and... the first time or the second time? First time when he gets the search warrant. Oh, when they go in the search warrant in the lady's house and he takes the the forty thousand from from Sandman, quote unquote. Yeah, um, and he's holding the thing like. All of them seem to be a means to do the job that they need to do, like getting the the drugs off the street, right? Like I think mm. it's all in in his perception. It's like, damn, they really play by different rules here. But mm. Alonzo, and it's like, I think Denzel has his performance is so good because it's got this like warmth to the madness, if you will. Like 
like he just comes on like yeah you just keep coming in dude like it's okay like okay rookie you're gonna make your mistake you make your mistake but he's gonna let you back in like his arms are just always open to you like you can fall well, down he, he's, but he's like an abusive yeah he's, he's like an abusive he, partner essentially he's an abusive partner but you don't recognize that on your first day of meeting him as your partner yeah <laughs> you, you don't recognize that when you're well, in, well, in the position he, that jake is in yeah in ethan hawk's case he's in a few hours um like there's a tv show version of this um that they made like in back in 2017 um and, it lasted a season well it lasted a season because bill paxton was the denzel washington character and bill paxton died but still uh i feel like would have been cancer regardless anyways but yeah look when you do it like over the course of that it's just like loses so much goddamn tension and like I don't know. I feel like casting Bill Paxton. I mean, like he's a good actor and all, but I feel like he it, it becomes a different story once you have him in the lead yeah. role instead of Denzel. Yeah, I yeah, and I think to your point of like Alonzo is manipulating Jake the the whole time. Denzel is is super manipulative the second we see him on the screen, but it is mm-hmm. through that like warmth, through that it's just a cool factor that he has where you're just like this guy's seen shit. This guy hmm. has like knows the streets and like kind of during that first 40 minutes or so, like it's riding that that ethical line, like your toe is going to cross it proverbially, but it all seems to be what needs to be done for the job. It's when they go back to the drug dealer's house, uh, Roger, and take the four million dollars out of the floor because hmm. he needs a million dollar cut for himself to make the deposit for the Russians where you where I think Jake is forced to make a, a decision on who, he, on what he wants to do. And I don't think he was going to do anything about it until the, the, he goes to smiley, the, the gangster's house to play poker and then gets shoved in a bathtub and Alonzo had ditched him there basically. So he could get the money ready to move. Yeah. And straight up just like some out right there. Um, there's one thing that um was kind of crazy in the movie is the amount of cameos of people like when we talked about Snoop Dogg earlier, Dr. Dre. And usually when you have like musicians in like prominent roles in movies, sometimes it can just be like awful. But I thought both of them were just really fun in this movie. Uh yeah. especially they were both really fun. Snoop, Snoop was, was definitely Snoop, Snoop was definitely doing his thing. I mean, he did the same thing as Starsky and Hutch, essentially, same kind of role, like an informant or something. <laughs> Yeah, Snoop uh, was fun. I mean, also Terry Crews shows up. Um, Ava Mendez, uh, she was, she looked good yeah. in this movie. <laughs> she was good. Uh, so there's a version of this movie when this movie was first uh, considered where it was like Toby Maguire was seriously considered in the role of Ethan Hawke right here. And he even fucking followed undercover narcotics officers in Los Angeles for like two months and gained weight for the role. And then Ethan Hawke ended up being available and Anton Fuqua was like, we're gonna go through the Hawks. Sorry, Tobogar. Fuck you. Can, can you imagine like the difference in that movie? It'd just be too youthful. I feel like he's a rookie, but he's not like a teenage rookie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I just think I think it was wise that it didn't happen because what Spider Man's two thousand or two thousand it's two thousand one or two thousand two like Training Day. You know, did really well at the box office. It had a forty five million dollar budget, made one hundred and four point nine million. You know, it was a huge hit, got nominated for several Oscars, like very well regarded. I feel like it's the, the epitome of a HBO or TNT movie of the late 2000s. Like it was just going to be on TV at, at on some channel on some point, like you could sit and find Training Day. Uh, 
It's mm-hmm. definitely a TNT all, all timer, but it's like when you mm-hmm. put uh, when you put someone other than Ethan Hawke, who I think is just the great, like just like uneasy. He's like a rookie, but he's not a young rookie. I, yeah, like, I don't think I need. I don't need my, a baby face guy. My, but, but my point is that, um, like Toby being Spider Man and having that come out versus something like Training Day, like I I think it would have hurt. Spider-Man and its movie if audiences the last they saw Toby Maguire was smoking like PCP. Smoking PCP. <laughs> yeah, like there's an well, image it's thing. also also there's just a different uh there's a different energy between the two of them. Ethan Hawke has more of like a slightly like chill laid back he's, vibe he's more toby he's more he's more stoic and he's more internalized yeah. uh, uh toby Maguire has more of like a little awkward vibe where it feels like It'd be more of like a big brother, little brother vibe, which this movie has a little bit of that dynamic. But if Toby, that would have been spruced up like crazy. Um, so there's also a version of uh, this is going to be directed by David Schoonheim, who I, I don't know anything he's directed. But it's going to be Matt Damon as Jake and Samuel Jackson as Alonzo. Um, which in that aspect, I think Samuel Jackson could like. I think he's done roles like this before. Yeah, it's, this is. This isn't too far out for him. Um, well, so did you know about the LAPD crash unit that was exposed? So that's the community resource against street hoodlums. Well, so apparently this was saying that the corruption was um, yet to be exposed when it was being written. When when it was being written, and but then there was the Rampart scandal. It was a police corruption scandal in... Um, in LA that primarily took part with the, the crash uh, division. And, you know, the main man was Rafael Perez. He was an LAPD narcotics officer and that's who Denzel kind of emulated his look by. That's why he grew out the beard there. Um, <clears throat> you know, he wanted, so Antonio Fuqua, the director said he wanted Denzel's character to be seductive and be part of the machine, not just a random rogue cop. And it definitely feels that way. I think that's the, the 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 key to Denzel's performance in this. Mm. You, even when you know morally and ethically, like what he's doing is wrong, it feels like this is the way that it has to be done in this in, in these communities in this neck of the woods in in, in the streets, if you will. Uh, if if you feel that right, like he's so good at selling you selling you on it, um, and it's a really good way to to manipulate somebody like Ethan Hawke's character Jake into molding him into what he wants to be which is ultimately a dirty cop yeah in an ideal situation there's just be another guy he's probably done this to like Dr. Dre's character and the other characters over and over again where like he's brought them in seduced them immediately and this is probably the first time where it backfired in his face and the guy didn't want to immediately join up on John join on up um I mean the he There's turned like down a... the money of like the hundred thousand dollars when they took it. Like everybody was getting a cut, um, <clears throat> but he wasn't like. There was a lot of cops there. He wasn't ready to just turn. You know, even if he was ready to turn, he didn't have the evidence to do it. Um, what motivated him was getting a shotgun to his head and on, only surviving due to what he had done earlier in that day. Um, and then it's that great scene of him walking through the neighborhood uh, that uh, Denzel's baby mama lives at, or his mistress, whatever she's called, and and like all the guys are looking at him, and like they kind of realize, like, oh, this is the rookie, the guy that was here before. 
but he's just here to see Alonzo. Like he's got nothing to do with us. And everybody in that neighborhood kind of does not like Alonzo, despite keeping good faces it's, and good appearances with him. It's it's definitely like lead by fear. Um, and that's why in the end of the movie, they all fucking turn on him very quickly. Yeah, because that de- de- Alonzo offers all of them um, cash if they kill Jake. <laughs> None of them turn, and they literally yeah, yeah. hold Denzel by gunpoint and say, "We got him. You go ahead." Um, and it's that like split dis- decision for for Jake that makes him, you know, turn on Alonzo. Not that it's something that he wouldn't have done down the road, but in such a drastic and dramatic fashion to do so um i i think it, it adds great stakes to the third act um and even though alonzo ultimately gets away the, the russians didn't care that he missed his 24-hour deadline and even if they yeah. had the money he was he was done and that's how the movie ends in in general in the way and i think it wrapped up in a kind of neat way i kind of wish I mean, I'm glad that Ethan Hawke didn't do like the execution kill or something like that against them. Yeah, like they, that would have been like you know, then like cut to like five minutes later, and character be arrested and killed. Like, well, it also it also compromises who his character is. You, you know, like like yeah. Jake's character, like he's you know he sh- shoots him in the butt, but he's he's not a killer, um, and and yeah, it would have been cliche. Like it lets you think that that Alonzo is going to be able to get away with it. I mean, um, he ultimately isn't. Seeing this movie um, now, I've, I've seen like a few David Ayer movies at this point. Um, he also wrote uh, the Fast and the Furious, the first one. You definitely see like the parallels of like similar shit of just like, his t- total vibe and everything like that. And the, it's just kind of ridiculous. Like he goes to like the similar detective cop stories. This is definitely in the vein of like you know your Point Break or something like that. Um, mentor, like turn on the mentor, and like all of a sudden. And the fact that this movie doesn't go, I feel like if this movie was made like 20 years later, it would have had more of an action bent in order to stay in theaters or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was nice that it's real. There, it's not, there's not, it's just drama. It's like, drama. Yeah. It's just there's... drama. It's high stakes and high intensity drama in like yeah. situations where act quote unquote action could come at any point, but there's barely any guns fired, mm. um, barely any action. And I do really appreciate about that. I felt like the direction was pretty well done. I feel like there's nothing flashy about it, but it almost works for this because you want it to feel real. You know, this is one where you really want like naturalistic performances from from your actors um, and the camera, you know, really gives you a lot of uh, Jake's reactions and how he's responding to the situations that he's being thrown into. Because ultimately, we're getting this told from his perspective. It's not from Alonzo's perspective. I am. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. All right, Tommy, who is the star of the show? I think we've covered it. Um, it's Denzel, obviously. I mean, it's I don't know Denzel who else you could show. say. This uh, is his vehicle. I mean, Ethan Hawk gives a great performance as well. Like, what's it, so funny is it's it not Ethan that he's Hawk... over, It's not that he's overshadowed, in my opinion. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Um, what's hilarious is that Ethan Hawk is, without a doubt, the protagonist of, of this movie. He has more screen time um, than Denzel Washington, and you know he's the character we follow throughout the fucking movie. 
And when it came down for Oscar season, Ethan Hawke was nominated for Best Supporting Actor and Denzel was nominated for Best Actor. <laughs> but that, that's, that happens when you have yeah. these kind of larger-than-life performances and these mm. just fantastic actors. Going I off mean, the chain, yeah. I mean, I think of Goodfellas like Ray Liotta's The Third Bill. Mm. And he's we, we follow everything about Henry Hill. It, yeah. But it's De Niro and and Pesci that are the two that are, you know, their performances are, all three of them are remembered, but Pesci won the Academy Award for that performance. Um, I think, yeah, it's Denzel, but I, I don't want to understate that Ethan Hawke gave a, a great performance because it was the performance that was needed. It doesn't try to steal any attention away from Alonzo, which is the vehicle, which is what we want to see, you know? And, and the fact that, like, you know, obviously Denzel definitely deserved the uh, the actor, um, um, best supporting act, or not best supporting, best actor that you at the Oscars. I mean, he went up against Russell Crowe, Beautiful Mind, Sean Penn, I Am Sam, who no one's ever talked about in years, uh, Will Smith and Ali, Tom Wilkinson in the bedroom. I mean, yeah, Denzel, you're going to go with him all day. <laughs> I just list off those other movies. Most of those movies have been forgotten, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, and this one, and I think part of the remembrance of this is is it's TNT uh lifestyle it, it where it lived and breathed for years that you, it was just a movie that you couldn't escape uh on cable and for david Ayer, this is like still is a like calling card the fact that of you know the beekeeper movie timmy found about tonight um when you watch the trailer for it it still says david Ayer, the writer of training day which is so fucking hilarious to think that like yeah we're gonna market training day like an intense crime thriller and this is for the new Jason Statham movie where he's just like a beekeeper and kills people and just like a shitty John claude Van Damme type movie. <laughs> totally same. That's why we got market. <laughs> I can't wait to watch the beekeeper. <laughs> the beekeeper. That's all you need to know. He keeps bees, dude. He, he fucks up people. Yeah. <laughs> ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. All right, Tommy. <laughs> This is well, this almost makes me want to retire the segment. Uh, would Training Day work as a Muppet adaptation? Uh, absolutely not. Like I feel like this is one of the more definitive no's we've ever had. Um, I I, I can't even picture a scene like unless you want to see Fozzie Bear smoking cracks. Like I I don't know. No, no, no I, I I think I, I no. You can make this uh, fucking funny because you know the fucking Chappelle show made this fucking funny. If you did a Muppet version, it would have to be like fucking Ralph the dog is like uh, Denzel or something like that, and he's. <laughs> I just want to see like Kermit screaming like, "I'm King Kong, motherfucker." <laughs> Fozzie would definitely be the one to be taking PCP, and he's like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> yeah, Fozzie would be the one on PCP w- for waka, sure. Waka waka. <laughs> Although it'd be funny if he was Sam the Eagle, and then we saw Sam the Eagle on PCP, because that might be the first time that sentence has ever been structured. <laughs> Disney, we're giving you a lot of creative ideas here tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're we're saving your hides here, Disney. Really, uh, you know, drop that paycheck over. All right, Tommy, review time. Give us your score out of five. All right, so this is a fun first-time watch. Uh, Doug, this movie, Denzel, just giving um, an all-time performance right here. The story is kind of like something I've never uh, something I've seen before, and if it wasn't for Denzel's performance and Ethan Hawke's, this movie would have just been a routine, boring, typical David Ayer bullshit. Um, just trashing him today. Uh, so I think I'm going 3.5 out of 5. So great movie, and Denzel's responsible for at least like half a star. 
Yeah, I, I actually had the same review coming in 3.5 out of 5 and that point, point 0.5 is probably due to Denzel's performance alone. Um, but it, it does show me what what an okay, like a pretty good script mm. and you just put two like dynamic performances next to each other that work in some like in some symbiote sim, symbiosis symbiosis there it is thank you (laughs) symbiosis with i i've been talking for this is about my 12th hour of talking today so cut me a little slack uh they're in symbiosis with each other and they elevate each other throughout the movie and it's what really carries the movie um you know you're it's like an, a rewatchable for a reason. It's one of those ones that you can kind of pick up at any point, And it's just another great tense scene that just keeps elevating the plot further. Um, I really dug uh, Training Day. And I'm glad we kicked off 2024 with a Denzel movie. Yeah, great to finally uh, dive deeper into him. So we definitely got to fire up some other ones. Um, I feel like remember the Titans coming sometime down the pipeline. <laughs> oh yeah. I love remember the Titans. Um, so I think we're going to finalize what our rest of January is. I know heat. Is we know out there. He- yeah. Heat, maybe man on fire. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it in the, in the thriller category to kick it off. But Tommy, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up today's show? Can't wait to keep some bees when I see the beekeeper. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on social media at CNITPod. That's on um, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and occasionally threads. Took me a minute to remember the social media right there. Um, and then leave us a five-star review. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. really helps us out, helps us grow the show. And thank you guys so much. Next week, we're covering heat. And yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. Tommy's fell asleep like an hour through it when we were supposed to watch it together. Oh, so... dude, yeah. Because <laughs> we started moving at 11 o'clock and then immediately fall asleep. That's what happened to me. I watched Echo last night. I put it on at 11 o'clock at night. Five minutes into it, I fall asleep and Disney Plus told me I watched the whole series when I was asleep last night. <laughs> don't, don't watch movies late with me. Man, you're an old man. Well, thank you all <laughs> so much for listening today. <laughs> Thanks for kicking off 2024 with us. We'll see you next week.